just a statue of our entire process, and the statue is Mike just dragging us hopelessly <laughs> towards a subject while the two of us yeah, are. I'm just like jacking my wiener off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like stop it. You. stop it stop it we have to do work i've got the i've got the cat spray bottle on. <laughs> we're making it look like we aren't enjoying it but we really are enjoying it too much yeah you guys are like i like the spray bottle <laughs> it's good to it's, me it's filled with soda pop <laughs> Spraying us with gamer fuel. It's the only way we learn. We're only more powerful now. (laughs) Oh boy. Well, my little kitties, do you want to start Uh, this? Meow, meow, meow. Oh my god. Bark, bark. Are you you, you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friends Sam. It's Sam time, baby! (laughs) And Jim! This is how the world ends, not with a bang, but within a podcast about Doug. (laughs) Better than the alternative, I guess. Today, we cover episode 14, part one of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. Episode 14, part one's title is Doug Takes the Case. The Chameleon. The Chameleon. (laughs) Okay, I have a very important question. Does the Chameleon ever come back? Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, one thing I would like to note that the Chameleon is just Smash Adams. The Smash Adams couldn't fight. Yeah, <laughs> or couldn't talk in a also in voice. all of uh, it takes Doug fantasizes for the about the chameleon for half this episode, and he doesn't the chameleon in a fantasy doesn't actually catch a croak Anyone. until <laughs> midway does. through the yeah. episode, and it's the wrong guy. Yeah, he's yeah. the worst detective. So, okay, before we get too much into the details, uh, there's two things we got to talk about real quick. First of all, this is the beginning of season two. Uh, in our last episode, we talked about how that was the end of season one, and now we've jumped forward into the far distant future of 1992, and we've jumped well. into... <laughs> what what well in show we don't know where we're at but sure. in, in real in irl we were in 1992 right yeah. and i i think we talked about this a little bit before we started recording but it looks like maybe they got a budget increase because they definitely like the, got a budget increase yeah like the animation is a little bit better the story starts slightly more coherent like they put more energy into it the animators are have the ability to do things that aren't just putting the characters on over static backgrounds anymore. And with this new freedom they've been granted, they do this. <laughs> they tell a really good noir story. <laughs> I keep forgetting to check if this was actually animated stateside or if they'd like contracted it out to Koreans. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I think it's stateside. I think they had their own animation studio. I think they I did too. I want to say it's stateside just because everything moves to Korea. In, yeah, this is like, before NAFTA, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be a little bit before then. 
Sure, and I remember seeing like videos of like inside the Nickelodeon studio, and they actually have people with like drawing stations. So unless that was just a front to like make people in America feel better, I don't know. Which is not unprecedented. Right, right, right. I um, really, I sort of wish we were covering Rugrats on this show instead, Doug, because for a lot of reasons. Oh (laughs) yes. I want to watch the show about real babies instead of mental babies. <laughs> yeah. But there's a there's a good... This, this one hits too close to home. <laughs> right. There's a good insider comic that they drew in the Rugrats studio where, like, I think Stu, like, strangles Tommy to death. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. That's a, like, that's a fairly common thing in kids' animation. I don't see that happening in the Doug Studios. Is that the one where, like, there was recently, like, unveiled a a behind-the-scenes recording of the actor of Goku, like, saying a bunch of slurs in the Goku voice? Yeah. Yeah. uh, In the category of weird edutainment stuff, like, uh, the putt-putt games were a fixture of my (laughs) early childhood, and there was a, evidently, because the- baby. animators (laughs) animators <laughs> absolutely despised a character in one of the spin-offs, Freddy Fish. And they yeah, actually fuck Freddy Fish. <laughs> like they absolutely fucking despised Freddy Fish's sidekick Luthor. And so just as part of a little okay everyone we're all having fun at work, they did animate and briefly voice act a sequence where yeah, nope, actually Luthor gets eaten by a fucking eel. Get shit on, nerd. <laughs> Brutal. Like, it's just a thing that if you're in saccharin kids TV for long enough, you kind of want to feel like you're not just force feeding sugar into kids' faces. And so you just kind of want to say, no, I am still a human being with human being thoughts such as, Christ, this is annoying. Which right. I don't think Jim Jenkins ever did because he was <laughs> describing utopia. And so he felt like he was doing something serious and important while his character did a weird... It's not even clear what the chameleon is a knockoff of. Well, let's get into it. Let's let's uh, break into this episode, this fantastic utopia of season two. Uh, it begins with Doug making a statement as like he's doing an accent of like a really shitty like noir detective. But he, right? he's, like, here's the thing: they're fucking that part up too because they're doing the <laughs> right, criminal obviously. accent. They're not doing the detective's accent. Yeah, the detective usually doesn't have an accent. Yeah, they do the fucking yeah. 20s gangsters. That's not how the detectives talked. <laughs> That's how right. the, the filthy Italian criminals did. <laughs> yep. Well, we've established that Italy is a different planet in this universe. So. There may be a Quail Man crossover at play. Yeah, he's a super cop from a different planet. He's a super cop from the planet, like, uh, John. Yes. So, Next to Bob. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so it starts out with Doug saying that Thursday morning, he got a call to check out a problem at the school. And I specifically wrote down Thursday morning to see if they would talk about other days of the week in this episode, because as we know, time is sick. Uh, but they don't. Uh, but we shame. learn that BB brought her dad's expensive radio to the school. By four o'clock, it was gone, see? <gasps> oh! It was a job for the chameleon. Incidentally, does school in Virginia go until four? That's weird. Right? I don't know. Maybe it was like I was assuming it was like after school activity. Maybe it's four a.m. Also possible. Also, very dark in that shot. Can we like spoil the episode right now? Because I think this is another one where it it behooves us to not have any suspense. You can frame it. Yeah. What ends up happening is like the whole thing is a ruse by BB. BB 
like broke the radio and didn't want to come clean to her dad. And then that's it. Doug doesn't do anything really. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he almost gets questions. himself. He almost gets himself caught for stealing it. Yeah, he yeah, almost yeah, gets yeah. caught, and he asks questions just to no end. This is a this is another episode where just if Doug didn't do anything, the same thing happens. Yeah, I gotta I gotta say when we say this, when we say like Doug almost gets caught for stealing the radio. Uh, so, dear viewer, a look behind the scenes real quick. I write down, like, what the intro is, like, the very first thing that I'm saying, and I write down the episode title, and I straight up wrote down Doug Takes the Radio instead of Doug Takes the Case by accident, and as I was reading, I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta say the right thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, he fucking does. He takes the radio. Uh, we'll get All right. there. But the Chromo Nito 5000 is displayed. It is a 1990s conception of what something incredibly expensive is. It is gigantic. It is purple. It has a bunch of knobs on it. Yeah, it's very Just technological. Just like me. Right, got a bunch of knobs. Uh, so it then it shows after Doug introduces that it's a job for the chameleon. It shows kind of a montage of like what the chameleon is, and he's kind of like a master of disguise kind of character, right? He he changes, he takes on a bunch of different forms. He like disguises himself as different things. Like it shows him being noted uh, two characters that fit together: master of disguise and cop. The Master okay. of Disguise is like normally like that's the thing where aha I can sneak into anything, steal anything. That's the master like this should have been Jack Bandit. But <laughs> yeah. instead, the chameleon who combines being a noir detective with being a big disguise guy, which is only seems to be there so the animators can show off, yes, we have the budget to animate more stuff now. They have the budget to animate more stuff, but they reuse, like, the sound, danger sound cues for the chameleon. Yes. Right. Yeah, it's the same, like, you know, Jack Bandit kind of sounding thing. Yeah. So he takes on a bunch of different forms in this intro. Like, it shows him being... Catches zero criminals. Yeah. <laughs> Catch, he chases the same criminal who's stealing Roger. multiple different things. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it's like a guy wearing a mask, but like he has a green face underneath, and he's giggling like Roger. Like it's fucking Roger. The chameleon is classist. That's what I'm learning yeah, from here. Also, the first time we see the chameleon in action, we see Doug hopping out of a baby carriage, being driven by his dog, who is yeah. in costume <laughs> as a woman. Yeah, same. Is- <laughs> <laughs> it's my fantasy. No, no but uh, I thought the second uh, episode was really horny. I guess I missed this one. <laughs> oh, hey, that's too bad. Let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> you don't need to linger on that one. Yeah, but, like, one of the things that he's pretending to be is, like, a statue in a museum while this crook, like, steals a painting from the wall. I thought it would be really funny if the crook, like, tries to take Doug as a statue. Poor <laughs> Chop is lounging all sexy-like. It's really yeah. weird. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but, oh, and, like, one of the things that the crook is taking in this montage is uh, Mr. Dink's wallet. And I looked real close. It is the Buckaroo, the Ranger Todd Buckaroo Billful. Like, they had they a callback. Community, baby. Yeah, and there's a bunch of And this is the incident this. that Mr. Dink was talking about when he was telling Douglas about how <gasps> one of those damn kids stole his wallet. Oh shit, you're right. Oh my god. The crackpot theories are once again confirmed. God damn. We're fucking right forever. This is God, we got brains gotta, are too powerful. We gotta teach a class. <laughs> May I ask, if we can't have the power to make these things happen retroactively, why aren't we using it for anything good? The answer we is can't. I, 
<laughs> no, the answer is we are. We're doing it to entertain you, the listener, and the FBI. <laughs> In this time of self-quarantine, <laughs> please, FBI, we're here to help you. We're glad to provide a good reason for you not to go outside for fear that you might encounter somebody like us who will tell you about Doug. Can you please yeah. restructure my sentence? <laughs> yeah. I'll give you oh, facts man. about Doug if you do so. Right. <laughs> it's Alternately, valuable. if you don't do so, whichever one of those is more appealing to you, FBI. Right. Also, so back to the chameleon, I was thinking about this. Uh, there's a joke that, uh, you know, the three of us have talked about a bunch of times uh, about, you know, the game Mario Odyssey, where Mario can like throw his cap into different objects and then he becomes like a sentient version of that object. Right. Mm-hmm, yes. Like, uh, so that's kind of similar to what like Doug at least imagines himself doing in this, like taking the form of different inanimate objects. And there was a thing that we always <laughs> joked about with Mario and Mario Odyssey that he would like throw his cap at Luigi and then like flirt with Princess Peas to see if <laughs> she was cheating on him with <laughs> Luigi or like he would throw his cap at Peach's toilet and, like, <laughs> become like a sentient Princess Peach toilet this <laughs> way I'm very grateful the chameleon did not interact with Patty at any point because that would have gone real bad real fast that's my point here is that like, I imagine we're straddling the edge here yeah. We see that the chameleon is capable of disguising himself as inanimate objects in order to ambush passers-by. So, it would be so yeah. good if it's just like one of the cutscenes is just like Patty walking in the restroom, and then she walks out, and it goes to the next one. <laughs> it doesn't show yeah. the rest. I mean, we know that... Uh, <laughs> We know that Patty monitors the boys' bathroom, so not a fair play, question mark? Oh, no. Hello, FBI. (laughs) I'm sorry. This time it was me that brought this up, and I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all right. The FBI have very important things to do. They can't be at our beck and call always. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe this We just act out so they'll give us more attention. Right, so that they'll bump our viewer numbers for in the court trial. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Local so, podcaster sentenced to death. Court decides, <laughs> yeah, it's a little much, but we're okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, whatever. Uh, okay. So we cut to the title card after it just shows this kind of montage. Uh, and then we cut back to we're in the classroom, and Mr. Bluff, the guy who runs Bluffington, right? And his BB's dad is Mitt in Romney the- looking motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, he's in the classroom. He looks like, yeah, like you said, carrying he looks like a Mitt- cane. Yeah, he's got like a gold-tipped cane, and he's like walking around. He's got white hair. He's got a very chiseled jaw. He, he kind of looks like Mitt Romney, but purple and like with authority. Yes. <laughs> so he's in the classroom. He's he's like lecturing the students. He's like walking around. He's pacing around in front of Mrs. Wingo, and he's like telling everybody that oh my god, I can't believe one of you, like, delinquents stole the radio. And he's specifically saying, It's not the radio, it's the principle of the thing. I mean, do you youngsters have any idea how much a multi-band Chromo Neato 5000 costs? Yeah, the, the thing that gets me about this one, like, okay, if you're a child or a normal adult seeing this, you might wonder... How the fuck does someone's dad get to come in to yell at the students about how dare they take his daughter's expensive thing? 
We, and you, our beloved viewers, know that Bluffington is named for this man. Wingo, Bone, even the unseen power that is Butt Savage all <laughs> ultimately take their orders from him. Yeah. And the thing is, that's not completely insane. In what way? Virginia is weird and has been since its founding. The original colonies were founded for very different reasons, and one of the big drivers behind Virginia was the English Civil War. Short version, Parliament and the King fought, Parliament won and chopped off the King's head, and a lot of the nobility made a run for it to America. Once they were there, they did their best to set up a perfect feudal society in exile. Lords who owned land to farm, serfs to farm it for them, and knights to rough up the serfs if they started getting ideas like, hey, could we maybe be treated as people and not farm equipment? <laughs> and a big part of the reason why rich Amer Virginians backed the American Revolution was they were getting pissy about the idea anyone could tell them what to do with their slaves, because in their minds, by virtue of owning land, they could do whatever they wanted to any of the people on it. Been a couple hundred years since then, so it's a lot less pronounced now, but pretty much everywhere else, a guy coming into the class to holler about how dare they lose his toy would be insanity. In Virginia and parts of Maryland, don't get on the local Mr. Bluff's bad side, because there is no one in the town who will tell him no. This episode made me realize, like, why is BB going to a public school? So I looked up in the, uh, oh, first off, I think it's because, like, it's run by her fucking dad, right? Like, and he he would put her in the place where he has power. But also, I, I checked briefly into, like, the Disney mythos when that becomes a thing. The school becomes a literal picture of BB's face. It's like the bluff, like BB bluff, like the middle school school. Yeah. They make the middle school into like, you look at it from like a helicopter view and it's a picture of BB's face. Seems normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely sounds normal. completely not confusing to me. Yeah. And uh, just to, we transition from uh, Mr. Bluff's little diatribe to Mr. Bone, which longtime viewers will recall is George H.W. Bush immediately sucking up this guy and saying, oh, don't worry, I'll handle this. Yeah, and he's like, he's just like, oh, we're all going to be in detention until we get this back. You're all in trouble. I'll suck these kids <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't think he says that. Uh, yeah, I don't no, think no, did, that's, what I, that's what I heard. <laughs> okay. Well, so, I mean, okay, but hold on. Like, that statement of, like, it's not the radio, it's the principle of the thing. Do we even know much how it costs? That's, like, an extremely, like, Republican talking point, right? Oh, yeah. It's like... Yeah, oh, it's like, order, oh, baby. it's the principle of the thing. You all have to pay taxes like it's a flat tax, even though even though it doesn't make any sense for you to pay $1 and me to pay, like, you know, it, it, it's it's like that talking point, right? Of like, everyone puts in some, even though it does nothing. It's the oh, principle yeah. It is not thing. hard to figure out what uh, Mr. Bluff's politics are. Right. The, and I guess it's like nice that they're putting it in the face, of, like in the mouth of someone who's obviously like, you know, kind of ridiculous, right? In he also this, gets exactly what he wants, though. So like, it's very <laughs> much the, like, you have your 90s moderate conservative viewpoint. Like, man, it's kind of embarrassing the people who I give unquestioning fealty to. Yeah. Yeah, and Bone is like, and before Bone just, like, yells at the kids, he says, Now, Mr. Bluff, I know you need that radio back, but need? I don't need anything. I'm rich. I can buy a million of them. But it's the principle of the thing. He's just, like, reinforcing this super hard, and he gets what he wants, right? Yep. <laughs> also, we did kind of skip over it, but, uh... BB is hideously embarrassed by the fact that her dad's making such a scene out of this. 
Right. Like, no, we're, no, I wasn't taking it show and tell. We're not babies, she says, curled up under her desk on all fours like a baby. I'm so disconnected <laughs> from, like, my elementary school mind, but I don't remember the phrase show and tell being embarrassing. Is I, uh, it for I mean, babies? Maybe... But, I mean, these people are babies. We're talking about well, babies yeah. here. Your dad does come in to make a scene about how dare you take something from my precious little angel. I feel like... But they even... laugh specifically at show and tell. Yeah. Yeah, they true. should. I don't but remember, I don't is remember fifth that. Grade, is fifth grade, like, a little too mature for show and tell? Was that some fourth Incredibly. grade that... Probably? I don't know. I don't fourth grade still a little old for it, quite frankly. Yeah, fifth grade is right. absolute limit of when that would be even theoretically a thing. Yeah, and that's probably, like, dumb enough that everyone in fifth grade would be like, ha-ha, they said you were young, right? You're uh, a yeah, baby! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually Man. don't remember anything from when I was in fifth grade. I can remember right. things from all the grades around it, but fifth grade might as well just have been a year I took off. <laughs> Do you remember the metal shop in fifth grade? <laughs> Why, yes! I remember, remember the metal shop. cooking a pizza wet. in fifth grade? Yeah. Cooking pizza! Yeah. Fabricating sheet metal. Yeah. <laughs> Building a bomb. Repairing your friend's radio. Yeah. Okay, so that comes up in a little bit. I just got to say, there's a fucking metal shop at the elementary school. Anyway. There's a science lab, and there's a metal shop, and there's... And there's baseball tryouts. Like I've been saying, they're adults now. This is, yeah. this is adulthood. This is high school. And, like, okay, I, I gotta say this. This has been a thing. Anytime we see a shot of the school, this elementary school is, like, a campus, right? Mm-hmm. There's, like, mm-hmm. multiple buildings where different classes are, and they, like, go into a courtyard between buildings. Like, this is a high school. Like, this is a big high school, right? Yep. I think that's why everyone thinks that. It's that's a, certainly what I thought when he first yeah, started this. Like, I went back and listened to episode one, and at like, the very beginning, I was like, oh, school, oh yeah. Doug's what, like a freshman in high school? <laughs> yeah, we all, like, it's the natural thing, because Jim Jenkins doesn't actually remember anything of his elementary school years, but he does remember high school, and yeah. so we're gonna go back to that. Yeah. like We're Man, watching that- a guy work through his high school traumas all over again, and yeah. for some kind of benefit. Somebody at Nickelodeon liked it, evidently. <laughs> For our benefit now, this right. this year. This is the this actual podcast. purpose of it. Yeah. The extremely spec- the strong anthropic principle dictates that Doug was created for us and us alone. Yeah. Okay, so we learned that Bone is going to punish everyone for the radio being missing until it comes back. And Patty gets sad because, oh no, I can't do detention. I have beatball practice later. Oh, which beatball, huh? <laughs> What's beatball, Patty? <laughs> we don't know, but we sort of will find out. If... Oh, we do. Later in this <laughs> same episode, we find out. I'm still pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> It's softball, you fucks! Oh my god. <laughs> beat off ball. Oh my god. If you missed it, I said beat off ball. Oh, oh, what did you say? Oh. <laughs> beat off ball. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, so play some fucking Final Fantasy ass music, and Doug says he'll get her out of this, right? Like, thanks, creepy kid who sits in front of me. <laughs> Doug jumps back into the chameleon, and he says, Oh, I already have an idea who took it. He's like, because the chameleon is profiling, right? Yeah. The chameleon is saying, obviously, because Roger has done detention before, he's a lifelong obviously, criminal. Obviously, it's the guy I don't like. 
<laughs> Obviously, it's the primary antagonist of the show. Obviously, yeah. it's the guy who's responsible for literally everything bad that has ever happened in this show. <laughs> like, it's that whole weird, awkward thing of they're kind of trying to do a actually profiling is wrong thing, except yeah. for because Jim Jenkins is a lazy sack of shit, every oh other God, time something has gone wrong, it has been Roger's fault. If you accept that Bluffington is a self-contained universe with its own internal consistent laws, none of which include time, you would naturally assume Roger is responsible. Because Roger is responsible for all evil in the universe. Right. Well, the chameleon says that he's a small-time pest and a big-time rat, and he's already Same. due for long detention, right? <laughs> so, so obviously he's the one who must have taken the radio, right? So, Doug decides that it's time for some private investigation as the chameleon, as someone who goes in disguise and talks to people. Looks Even at though- people creepily. <laughs> yeah, this is detective work. Yeah. Ask and so, basic questions about a thing that's happening. Right. So uh, we we I guess this was this whole conversation was happening at the beginning of the day and they have until the end of the day to find the radio. And so Doug goes on his quest to go and talk to people and I think it cuts out to like recess time yeah. cuz they're out they're out on the playground. Uh it shows like the baseball field uh as we cut out in the playground and the scoreboard says the 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 honkers versus the pulverizers. Coach Spitz is training a couple of boys in front of pardon me. Coach Spitz is training a couple of boys in front of that. <laughs> but those those boys that Coach Spitz is training, they were from the pulverizers. They were the nerds, right? Like Also like this three... proves that the pulverizers are the only team the honkers ever play. Yeah, because it's like painted on the sign. Yep. It's like, <laughs> Nobody else will uh, have a game with Coach Spitz after the incident. <laughs> right. After they realize that Coach Spitz doesn't work at the school. Yes. Uh, Coach yeah. Spitz, my mouth. Thank you. <laughs> you already did that one. It's gotta be, and I gotta, I'm bringing back the hits. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Sam. <laughs> really helping out. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to make sure the, ki- the children are being properly informed. <laughs> right, jingle the keys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So uh, sp- we we zoom past Spitz training these boys, <laughs> and we see Doug talking to Skeeter, and. Doug is talking in his fucking shitty gangster detective voice, right? Yeah. <laughs> to Skeeter. His criminal then, voice. <laughs> his criminal Maybe voice. Maybe that's right. foreshadowing for when Doug steals the radio for real. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this show yeah. is complicated and works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I believe it. This is right. advanced Doug brain. I can feel... <laughs> can feel my... my the, the edges of my brain swelling against my skull. <laughs> Swelling with knowledge. <laughs> Power. Vision. Yeah. It's the only known protection against the coronavirus. <laughs> God. Power brain. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Meningitis. <laughs> so, so, Doug is talking to Skeeter in his detective voice, and he's like, Well, Mosquito, after a while, see, you start to understand how the criminal mind works. Then I think it was Roger who stole the radio. And then Skeeter jumps in with, Oh, I mean, how could he have done it from inside the principal's office? 
Remember? He was in the principal's office yesterday, all day. The chameleon can't remember basic facts about his profiles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the chameleon needs to take better notes in his the junior detective handbook. <laughs> also, yeah, he's, and, he was in the principal's office all day, sorry. Yeah, like, specifically. He was in Butt Savage's lair For those of all you who day. aren't following, and because I realized that you might have missed this, the principal's name is Butt Savage. Mr. Butt Savage. Butt Savage? <laughs> Butt Savage. <laughs> Butt Savage. But also, yeah. the way the way Doug ends this conversation is this, they're, they're just, like, talking to each other normally. He just gets up and walks away. And Skeeter is, like, trapped in the monkey bars. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's, like, struggling. He's, like, wrapped himself in there, and Doug just fucking leaves when he's told he might be I was wrong. just, I, like, there's no way for me to do this bit and have it work. I was just imagining myself just getting up and leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just imagine I did that well. Yes. <laughs> imagine I'm competent. You just, you just hear in the background that you're just like screaming, this show is awesome. <laughs> I love this. I'm having so much fun and I love my best friends. It's, it's just like, it's spits my mouth. God, yeah, that's actually what you're screaming. <laughs> you're just repeating all the stuff that you're holding back. All this don't stuff. do it. Don't play the bit. <laughs> don't play the bit. Don't play the bit. Don't do the bit. Don't do the bit. <laughs> I have to relieve this pressure in my school. <laughs> oh, Just do it into a paper bag. Never bad advice, really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he's saying this stuff to Skeeter, and then he walks off being told that he might be wrong. He gets pissy and walks off. Uh, and then he talks to BB, the person we probably should talk to first. She also uh, has her own theme of we're being fancy now, and she has a butler on school grounds because we want to drive in. Did you get it? Family's rich. Yeah, it's like a very aristocracy kind of sounding like harpsichord thing. Yeah. Um, and Doug says to her, uh, he says... Well, uh, I'm looking for your radio. And like he says this in his normal voice, right? He's like swapping back and forth between noir, like shitty gangster noir voice and like normal Doug voice. In his normal Doug voice, he's like asking like that he's looking for the radio. And she's like, oh, I don't care where the radio is, right? Um, but then. Oh, uh, BB, I am sorry to bother you, ma'am, but my memory's a little rusty. Uh, who is it who sits behind you in class? And she says Boomer. But Boomer doesn't sit behind her in class patty does <laughs> yeah and so time card this whole thing, and so but like i'm picturing like that doug, like if he doug got this information if he just like went and then interrogated patty <laughs> just like he like because in the next scene he's following boomer around creepily this is where he follows oh, patty also, around it's creepily worthwhile that while uh while BB is explaining all this to Doug, Doug turns around and faces away from her and does a series of weird gestures. Like he starts by like <laughs> stroking his chin, then starts like striking a couple of poses. Why are like, you talking like a criminal, Doug? <laughs> why are you turning away from me and doing some kind of weird interpretive dance routine? I'm, I'm still talking G- to you, Doug. Jeeves, see this man away. That's when he goes into the fantasy zone and he just imagines himself beating uh, BB up. <laughs> God. No. What, like for information? Yeah. 
but he's like disguised as like a tree. He's doing the he's in the forest of the punching right. trees. Yeah, he's he's like trying to hit Vivi and it's not doing anything. It's like yeah, and then he gets arrested by right. the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but instead, man. though, he decides Boomer Bledsoe, long on talk, short on brains. Just really got- quick, though, I, I probably brought this up before, but a bad guy being named Boomer who's stupid is too on the nose for 2020. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's so good. Yeah, short on brains, long on talk. He makes he makes a lot of Facebook posts that have like inaccurate information in them. And he doesn't ever actually do anything. He's just kind of there. <laughs> he voted for Trump 30 years before Trump actually ran. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so Doug decides that what he needs to do is follow Boomer around. He needs to see what this criminal is up to. Uh, and he's he's doing it by, like, bringing a coat rack in front of him and, like, pushing it around behind Boomer. And the coat rack has coats on it, and they're not Doug's coats. And they're, like, nice coats. So I think these coats are worth more than the radio. Odds are not bad. (laughs) He got it from uh, Mr. Bones' office. (laughs) Right, he stole Mr. Bones' clothes. Right. There's going to be another school lockdown in a second, because while it's not the idol that he's invested in, it's still something that's his. He's going to get pissy about it. Right. Everyone's going to be in detention for two days now, for two separate incidents. Uh, And I would really love it if sometime during this time when Doug is doing noir voice, if someone was just like, dude, why are you fucking talking like that? (laughs) What are you doing? People have gotten used to humoring Doug at this point. Right, yeah, it's gotta be it. Yeah, um, every once in a while, this kid just kind of goes silent and starts miming things, and then zones back into it and says, "Yeah, what you just said." <laughs> yeah. Like you just kind of—he's having one of his episodes. You just kind of leave him be. Yeah. So, so we're in the hall. Uh, he's following Boomer, and Boomer immediately notices him, right? Because he's doing shitty, and he's just like. Okay, there's a coat rack behind me now, right? Um, and he says, Doug, if you're going to follow me, at least help me carry my books. And he's just like, but Doug doesn't because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, right? like Boomer is having a very hard time stacking four books in order. Basic spatial awareness is not a thing he can do. Doug, it'd be a really nice thing of you to help out your buddy, the Boomer, who's got some <laughs> developmental <Boomer>! issues. <laughs> but no, you're... You got your own thing. You are too busy being horny and stupid to <laughs> actually pay attention. Maybe this kid could use some help. Same. Are you arguing generational warfare in this? <laughs> um, it's hard to make the argument here. Boomer, the character, actually has some sympathetic elements to him if you assume that yeah, you know, there's <laughs> often, there's often when I can't it. hold things, I put it in my mouth. <laughs> This That's happens often. <laughs> so, so Doug, like, as, as Doug isn't helping Boomer, uh, he finds on the ground, he finds a piece of the radio, right? And it's just, co- it's just conveniently the piece that says the name of the radio. Uh, and he asks Boomer, he says, hey, who's got this locker? Like, I don't know, number 100 something. And then Boomer says, I don't know, but Skeeter's the one next to it. And 
Recall that Doug's locker is next to Skeeter as well. Yes. Yep. So he would know this. He would. <laughs> and they have detailed floor plans for everyone's house, but yeah. they fuck the locker numbers up. You know where they spend yeah. like I don't know, maybe a fifth of every school scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Doug doesn't either. So one of two things is happening here. Either the locker, Doug doesn't know whose locker is two away from him, or he's asking what his own locker number is. Maybe she did do this. <laughs> and this is just him writing in, like, a yeah. way for him to present not getting in trouble. Maybe yeah. she is the criminal here. Oh, shit. The whole, like, rationale isn't actually real. He's just making yeah, it he's up. He's just making it up in detention because he had to go to detention. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, making himself the good guy in retrospect. Yes. Yeah. I think this is a very Fight Club-esque situation. Yeah, this <laughs> is, be. he's coming up with his justification for why he did what he did. No, I was just investigating. I only had the evidence for these reasons. You gotta believe me, sir. And and come to think of it, this isn't a Dear Journal episode at all. Oh, not shit. at the beginning, not at the end. Nope. So this entire thing could be a fantasy, right? Like, none of this is being recalled. None of this. So either you could say that that means this is happening in real time and is therefore real, or none of this is real, right? Yeah. It's not being recorded. In so the yeah, this the is, uh, this is, I, I talked about earlier about categorizing like Doug episodes and this falls yeah. squarely into the Doug doesn't acts completely passively. Well, not passively, sorry. Doug doesn't do anything and the episode ends up just as if Doug wasn't there. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like that's going to be most episodes in this category. Like, what categories? We did talk briefly, like, categorizing Doug episodes because a lot have similar themes. What other categories would you make? I mean, there's ones uh, where Doug kind of inspires somebody to do something just because, like, we had the Dink episode where, sure. okay, courtesy of his efforts there, something happened. We had the absolute fantasy episode, like uh, the second Quail Man episode where. Quail Man is fantasized to have done something because mm. it's just all in his imagination. There's They set up one moral, and then a completely different moral is the end result. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the ones where they biff the moral? Huh? <laughs> well, not, right just, the not just biff the moral, because that happens on every episode. There's yeah, one yeah. where they set up one moral in the beginning and then explain a different moral by the end. For example, sure, as sure. we've been reminded of the uh, Patty's Pulverizers episode... The setup of, hey, sexism is bad, and the actual moral, which is, I'm left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so while we're on this topic, what do we think the moral of this one is so far? And then at the end, we'll evaluate whether it's stuck true. Like, I think it's tell the truth, but like you don't get the, that that's the problem until the very end. Yeah, there's sure. Yeah. Is it, is it that profiling is bad? Is no, it, that, it doesn't. Like, it doesn't because because he profiles Roger and he doesn't get Roger for this crime, but Roger is constantly in trouble in this episode. Sure, yeah, that's so true. So there's there is a truth to profiling in this episode. <laughs> I think I really think it is just tell the truth, but yeah, they don't. That's yeah. not telling the truth. Isn't the focus? I mean, also, like also, don't snitch might be it because like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Wait, let's get to that because we, that's up next. We yeah, yeah, walk yeah, over yeah. to. Okay. I think they go through like three or four here. Actually, yeah. we walk over okay. to the metal shop. Noted thing that every fifth grader has access to. 
Yeah, Boomer says that Skeeter Skeeter is in the metal shop and might know. So the fucking metal shop. Yep. <laughs> Working he's, on he's electronics. Welding in there. <laughs> he's it, soldering. It turns yeah. out that Mr. Bluff is a great believer in the teachings of Mao, and so every uh, school in the it? area has access to a pig iron <laughs> smelter. I just imagine Skeeter doing soldering, but he doesn't have the protective like eye gear, and he comes out, and both his pupils are permanently dilated. <laughs> Well, hold up, but we Snorting get a shot ex- <laughs> constantly, but we, we look into the metal shop and it's only woodworking tools in there. Like, <laughs> it shows the tools Metal's on the side. Metal's a type of wood, prove me wrong. Yeah, honestly, it's like, it's like, there's like a, there's like wood saws, there's like an awl, there's like a vice, there's like, there's like a, a drill, like a wood drill, like a hand drill, like there's, there's no metal tools in there. And also it's a fucking elementary school. Maybe this is Jim Jenkins trying to like bring being an adult back into being a kid, you know, like my in my day we worked oh. we were twelve years old. We worked with metal <laughs> and cut all our fingers off. Yeah, and it was fun and we liked And I liked it. <laughs> except I grew did, up fine. Except for he didn't like it. He was the weird kid who did cartoons and stuff. He almost definitely hated shop. Sure, but in like the people who were that way, but now have he's like, this is the man. This is the way to be a man, right? And he's like, oh, and like kind of, kind of like putting back in there that like actually it's good. And even though I didn't do it at the time, I still think it was important. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Maybe this is him trying to bring adulthood back into the realm of children. Maybe this is his treaty on why children, child labor laws should be abolished. We already know that's his take, thanks to Mr. Dink getting to use Skeeter and Doug as slave labor for his party. Also, uh, it bears repeating, parody, parody, non-actionable, parody, please don't sue us. Yes. (laughs) But, the show's good, actually, and all yeah. the all the political opinions, even those absorbed via not the '90s background radiation, are good and right. <laughs> Everything that happened during the 1990s was cool and good, actually. Yeah, because I, I think yeah. the show isn't expressly political; it just absorbed all the politics of the 1990s yeah, yeah. in the There's background, a- and that's that's what's going on. Yeah, that's the interesting yeah. thing about it. Like there is a. There's an interesting thing about uh, the movie Die Hard. Like, the writers explicitly set up to make an apolitical movie. And as a result, they made something that's got really pronounced politics, but only because you can tell the core assumptions of the people involved. Like, okay, it's the 1980s, so government is inherently corrupt and is the enemy and a smart person just completely runs rings around them only an every man can save us through unrestricted access to violence and also just generally anybody who makes any amount like just because you feel bad about the fact you shot a kid one time shouldn't stop you from ticking up your gun and taking out a couple more of the bad guys these are all actual morals in the movie die hard the guy who's really pissed off by the fact that he shot a kid Urkel's dad. Another example of this. Hey, who's the bad guy in Ghostbusters? That's right. It's not Gozer. It's the EPA. Yep. <laughs> is it? Yes. Yep. <laughs> the EPA is the reason why everything in Ghostbusters happens. Ghostbusters <laughs> isn't inherently political, but like that is like saying something political, even if you don't intend it to. And that's what Doug is. Yeah. It's a matter sure. of all the basic... Jim Jenkins' explicit goal was to get to a place where there were no politics and there was no thought and there was no 
any ideology. And as a result, yeah, in his utopia, there's one rich guy who runs the entire town and who can entirely upend a school day if he wants to. There's nothing ideological <laughs> there. It's just how the world is. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. Well, in this world, uh, we find that there is a metal shop with woodworking tools and Skeeter's in there. And he's got the radio. And Doug is, like, freaked out. He's like, oh, my God. Skeeter has the radio. He's the bad guy, right? And so in this, I want to take a step to our big Doug brains again and say that it actually was Roger, right? Yeah, because Skeeter and Roger are the same. Or maybe this is part of Doug's fantasy and he's just getting the fucking wires crossed and he's just like, I got to blame somebody. (laughs) Right, but he's like... It it was Roger who stole it, clearly, but because he's now attempting to fix the thing he stole, he is transformed back into Skeeter. Right, because he's like, stole it, well, Doug later finds that Skeeter, And that's the reason why there's something broken next to Skeeter's locker, because Roger had to travel back into Skeeter's locker to transform. (gasps) Shit, you're right, that's the transformation nexus. We have established this, good, it all tracks, we're all making perfect My head hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because, so Roger did steal the radio, so the profiling moral was correct. Yes. And all of this runs parallel to, and and, 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 in in contact with exactly what we're thinking. Yes, yes. Fuck. God, we're good. We're so smart. We're so smart. We need to be the chameleon. My fucking spine hurts. (laughs) (laughs) It's tingling. Your spine splits open and like an angel comes out. (laughs) The angel is just you. No, my my back splits open. Just a fatter, grosser person. He crawls out of it. (laughs) Who starts yelling? I know about dog! He starts yelling about Roger's pubes louder. (laughs) It's goat split in your mouth! Oh. Angelic chorus over the podcast. Yeah. It, just, it, it magically turns Jim and my tracks into static for the yeah, rest of the episode. So you can just listen to my track. It turns it completely into static, except for every time we use the words "put the mask on." Yeah. Okay, so so Doug has a crisis that uh, Skeeter's the one with the radio. And Doug goes into the fantasy zone and he imagines Skeeter as like a drifter with like a big five o'clock shadow. And he's like running to the bus station. He's trying to get a bus ticket to anywhere. And he doesn't have much money. And he goes he goes to the counter and it's run by one of those town goons, right? Yeah. The, the bus station counter. And this is the and he says, like, give me a bus ticket, man, to give it give it to anywhere, right? And the the, the ticket guy taking the, taking his ticket has like a crazy ghost voice, right? This is the first time you hear the voice of one of these goons. Yeah. And it's like, it's like phantomy. It's like, he's like, where would you like to go? And he's like, and, 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 and he like when Skeeter says anywhere, man, he's just like to fifth street. Ha 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 ha. And it's just like, it's kind of creepy, right? Yeah. I need a bus ticket. Why to where young man? Well, how far can I get on this? Elm street. <laughs> I'll take it. 
Like, he's like the town phantom. One thing I noticed here is that, like, if you can go to specific streets, like, Bluffington's public transit system is actually very advanced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and that it has a different price Which depending I, yeah, on Yeah, I don't think street. the show ever thinks about people that can't afford cars. So this is just like a yeah, fantasy. Yeah, because we're in does. the suburbs of Richmond, oh, Virginia. We, Nobody yeah. has ever had to not have a car. We send a kid with a bicycle to go pick up a bunch of fast food from McDonald's. Only a bad guy criminal drifter would ever take public transit. Yep. God, yeah, maybe. (laughs) So he takes the bus ticket, and then he finds a chair that is labeled for Skeeter, and he sits in the chair, and it's actually Doug, and it's actually Doug in the chair. Sit on me, Skeet. Yeah. Skeeter sits in his lap and Doug hugs him. Skeeter sits in his lap and, <laughs> and he starts to wriggle like he's having a bad time. And brings out the handcuffs. <laughs> and he handcuffs him to his lap. <laughs> yeah, and he kind of fantasizes and he's like, oh man, how would I ever arrest my own friend, my own best friend, right? You can't turn in your best friend. It's the rule, says Skeeter as he's wiggling on his lap. Uh... <laughs> And we go back to the real world, and Doug is, like, having this, you know, confrontation. He's, like, having this thought in his mind. He's like, oh, man, how am I going to do this? And he has, like, a weird conversation with Skeeter where he tries to, like, ask Skeeter what to do without actually saying his name. And Skeeter just responds, I'm sorry, Doug, I'm bad at math. Sam, you're the one who told me that uh, later on it turns out Skeeter is an Omega-level genius? Yes, correct. Great, super. So he's just lying (laughs) to his friend to fuck with him. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Probably right. because he probably because he knows he's, that he's transforming into Roger. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he knows that he's doing bad, but he's playing ignorant, right? He like knows that he was the criminal, but he's like, Oh, well, I just don't know what you're hearing. I'm sorry, Douglas. I can't really help you with your little quandary. <laughs> Do tell me what you decide. Right. So uh, then we go back to class and Wingo is like Pulling down all the shades and turning off all the lights. Uh-oh. And she's, yeah, and she's like, I'm going to turn off the lights, and I want whoever took the radio to put it on my desk. And that way, nobody will know who took it. Has that ever worked in the history of anything? No. No. And also, <laughs> you would definitely be able to hear who was taking the radio out, walking to the front, and probably stripping in the dark and breaking it. Yeah, right? seriously. <laughs> And there's like six people in the damn class. Like, <laughs> who could it know. have been? We have no yeah. idea who it is. Now we're just going to turn the lights off, and I'm going to walk over and check Roger's bag. <laughs> yeah. And so, but Roger and so like Doug is like, oh man, in this moment I don't hear Skeeter moving around, so I'm the one that's going to have to steal it from him and put it on the desk. Uh, but then Roger turns on the lights prematurely. How did and, he do uh, this without anyone noticing? Fuck you. Because he's a massive It'd be funny if criminal. he just ran, runs into Doug as, like, Doug is bringing the radio up there. He's like, oh, funny, watch it. They've both, just, they've both got a radio. Also, oh, how do you make the classroom inc- entirely dark when it's, yeah. like, 4 p.m.? <laughs> yeah, she has, like, blackout curtains on the stuff. Why does the school have blackout curtains? Right. Everybody, someone We're going right back turns. to the Honkerberger basement for this one, people. The time is sick theory. It's actually is 4 a.m. Right. <laughs> Good point. Wingo, Wingo turns the light back out and Roger's just like hugging Doug. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like making out. <laughs> With the radio on top of them both. 
<laughs> they're like playing like romantic music on the radio, yeah. just making out. <laughs> <laughs> well, looks like we cracked the case. <laughs> the chameleon strikes again. <laughs> the chameleon strikes again. It's time for sensual <laughs> hugging. <laughs> Doug's chameleon outfit is just like a sexy nurse outfit. Oh no! I'm it's sorry. I'm doing it this time. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. The give virus the spreads. Give me the multi-purpose duster, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, back in reality, Roger turned on the light switch, and uh uh-oh, Doug has the box! Tension is promptly rising as Doug sputters about how, uh, I I can explain, I... So do I turn in my friend, or do I take the blame for him? Well, you don't have to choose, Doug! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, BB sobs and said that actually she, that Skeeter was trying to fix the radio because she accidentally broke it, and he promised not to tell anybody, and oh, it's okay, everything's fine. Mr. Bluff isn't gonna isn't gonna gradually start firing everyone in the school until he gets the radio back. Hooray, Everything's okay. Sort of. Hooray. We've held off our leave. overlord. <laughs> for now. You can all leave, except for Roger, because there's the matter of the stinky cheese on the radiator. And is that code? <laughs> it might be, but the other thing that's... Did Roger jack off on the radiator? <laughs> Is that his stinky cheese? <laughs> oh my god! I mean, the cum the from his is, penis. Normally, I'd try to shut that down, but remember, <laughs> no, nope. he, he spent all yesterday with the principal, and now he's in a detention for something else. Yeah, he was in the principal's office for a water balloon accident. Yeah, they and, said and he was in the principal's office for a water balloon accident, and he knew he had detention today, early in the morning. Yeah. So yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> He's just got, like, a series of, like, crimes that, like, he has to pay for in order. Yeah. <laughs> or he's doing things while in detention. And that's why I think it's a code. It's yeah, code that the, the stinky, stinky cheese on the, on the radiator. Roger has been activated. He will have yeah. to do some sort of malicious action under cover at night. <laughs> he has to work on a secret project in the fucking metal shop. Yes. <laughs> yeah. God. Klotzenstein's been contracted by Mr. Bluff as part of some crackpot scheme. Right. But okay, so hooray, Patty gets to go to beatball practice. Which she is playing against the pulverizers, proving beatball is just fucking softball. Yeah, she's throwing a softball. But... In on the field, there's only like four people on the field, so maybe beatball is just softball, but with four people. Like, it's good, good. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Uh, and then for they Skeeter and Doug walk off into the sunset, and Skeeter's like, "Oh man, I wanted to tell you, but I couldn't." And they get followed by pork chop in a fire hydrant. Oh man, the chameleon could be anywhere, right? Doug could be lurking anywhere, but like. In this moment, I, this made me realize that Porkchop hasn't been in this episode at all nope. outside of the fantasy zone. Like, in all these fantasies where Doug's the chameleon, Porkchop has been there being the chameleon too, but until this very end when he's trapped in a fucking fire hydrant, probably not by his own choice, yeah. like, he hasn't been in this episode. Also, I do want to call out that the last sequence is, do you ever wonder if you're being followed? Asks Doug as he turns around and sees a fire hydrant in the middle of the street. <laughs> like, I see nothing wrong here. 
Yeah. So that shows that Boomer has better perception than Doug does. Because <laughs> Boomer at least realized that the, the coat rack that was following him wasn't a naturally occurring phenomenon. <laughs> Man. But yeah, that's the episode. Yeah, it sucks. So the moral. <laughs> this one was bad. This one was really sucks, man. This one was bad in, in a muddled way, too. Because, yeah, at the end there, the moral is tell the truth because otherwise you'll get into more trouble. Except for... That was that was BB's lesson. That was that BB's lesson. Doug, yeah. Doug didn't do shit. <laughs> Wait, whoa, 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 hold on. So does that mean that we've actually ventured into territory of other characters can develop and other characters can have personalities than Doug? Well, if they did it off Maybe. screen. Well, no, they didn't. They did it on screen here because BB realized that you need to tell the truth. BB realized right? that BB told... Any moral, any moral quandary happened off screen. Yeah, like, yeah. Any, there was no tension sort of... for her. This was just a matter of, okay, I think you're on to something there, Mike, because they have... Doug's already learned this fucking lesson. Doug already had the... Uh, okay. <laughs> Doug cannot lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doug, well, sort of had the lesson... Like, remember the time that Roger told him, you know, you could just not tell Dink you broke the grill. No. Like, that was Doug's <laughs> time. That was Doug's time at this one where he learned that honesty is the best policy, even if it results in you being used as slave labor. So BB actually gets the better version of the moral. BB gets the. Yeah, no, that's what happens if, with rich people. Yeah, if you're honest <laughs> as a rich person, we'll let you off because you're just a nice, promising young lady. And if you're yeah. honest as. Doug's dumbass. Oh, you get my to put me slave labor. That's our fucking oh. moral. Our moral is that rich people don't go to jail. Yep. Oh no. Definitely the moral Jim Jenkins was going for. Oh no. I mean, they stuck it. <laughs> they did yeah, it. They <laughs> ten out of ten, Jenkins. Good job. You've this episode's proven, actually good now. You've successfully proven that the socioeconomic structure of Bluffington is broken. Good job, Jim. Oh, no, that the Knights of Virginia won't arrest BB. Yep, because they wow. know, because Bone knows what happens to him if he gives Pit, Mr. Bluff's precious daughter even a slap on the wrist. Oh, my God. Wow. Well, there it is, folks. <laughs> We've learned this valuable lesson uh, that is kind of... Real, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. On the bright side, God. we have also had an extensive discussion about a bunch of really, really weird bullshit. So, hooray, right. there's a plus there. This is this is new. Yes. <laughs> uh, you guys got anything else on this one? The chameleon! <laughs> what na, na, na. Na. Oops. It's, wait, it's not. <laughs> I, I need, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google after this uh, if he comes back, because I don't think he does. I think I, this is a yeah. one-off. They were probably just like, man, this was stupid. This is, <laughs> we, need, we need something that's not Smash Adams. Yeah, this one is <laughs> a thing that looks dumb. like other things. Oh, well, let's leave that tension until we find out. Coach spits his mouth. Here. Oh my <laughs> god, let's cut this one here. Uh, thanks for joining us everyone on another episode of the funny papers thanks for coming back for season two we'll see you next time goodbye, goodbye. coach spits in my mouth oh, god bye <laughs>